This is Hounds of Horror with Max. What is a non-fatal murder? <laughs> Victor. No, you're no, stupid. It doesn't matter how close you live to your house. But anyway. <laughs> and Kitty. That's a lot. a lot of words for I'm trying something instead of porn. <laughs> So, for our first episode of our podcast, we are going to be discussing Mercy Black, which is a movie that was directed and written by Owen Egerton, starring Daniela Pineda, L. Lamont, and Austin Emilio. The IMDb synopsis, um, a woman is sent to a mental institution after stabbing her classmate in an attempt to conjure an evil spirit called Mercy Black. Fifteen years later, she's released and must save her nephew, who has become obsessed with the phenomenon. <laughs> so, at this point in our podcast, you will want to stop and go and watch the movie if you haven't, because we are going to be discussing a lot of spoilers from this point forward. So, it starts out with her, she's just about to get out of the mental institution, right? No. Starts, the very first part starts with easily one of my biggest pet peeves whenever it comes to horror movies in that they take a, an innocent children's nursery rhyme and make it into the creepiest thing possible. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, I remember that. They uh, did use the Itsy Bitsy Spider, which I don't think I've ever seen used before. <laughs> <laughs> and that brings me to a question I was going to ask you guys. Like, are children's rhymes, like children's uh, uh, nursery rhymes, are they inherently creepy, or are they just made creepy just over time because they've been used in this way over and over again? Depends on the nursery rhyme. Like... Ring Around the Rosie is inherently creepy because of its content. Yeah. Um, the 4 and 20 Blackbirds song. Okay. Where the, they bake the blackbirds into the pie and then one of them pecks off the maid's nose. Also inherently creepy. Um, I'm not opposed to eating crow pie, by the way. <laughs> I don't know that I would voluntarily, but if somebody <laughs> handed me a meat pie and didn't tell me there was crow in it, I'd probably eat it. <laughs> Alright, okay. Um, yeah, I mean... I feel like all children's rhymes from however long ago these things come from, they were all designed to be somewhat creepy because they always had this weird family moral that you, you know, don't do bad things or such terrible things will happen to you. And I think they're all inherently creepy. Rockabye Baby bugs me. (laughs) The cradle falls out of the tree. Yeah. (laughs) It bugs me. Moral of the story, don't put your baby's cradle in a fucking tree. (laughs) Ever. Yeah. (laughs) So, okay, anyway, it starts out with the children's rhyme, Mercy Black, blah, blah, blah. And then Marina, Daniela Pineda's character, is just about to get out of the institution after 15 years. And her hair and makeup are on point somehow. Yes, she's very in vogue for not (laughs) seeing the outside world for 15 years. Her eyebrows are perfectly done. (laughs) So this part was kind of cliche to me because it's always like something horrible happened in the past. And then... Whoever, you know, the protagonist gets sent away or moves away, leaves the scene of these horrible things, only to come back later in life to relive all the same crap and find out it was real after all. Or... Or it wasn't, in some cases. In In some some cases, it's imaginary, and they should not have been released from... I had a problem with that, actually. Her doctor did not give her very much advance notice that she was releasing her... (laughs) back into the fucking wild. Yeah, it was like a surprise. And she was like, wait, what? <laughs> it's not the kind of surprise you want for someone who's been in a mental institution for 15 years for suffering from psychotic delusions. <laughs> she's a very dangerous schizophrenic who who fucking knows what she's going to do if she goes off her meds and stops attending therapy. And they don't know what she's like as a person outside of this institution because she's been in it for more than half of her life. And they're releasing her. Yeah. But we have YouTube now. So, you know, all she has to do is get on YouTube and type in how to be a normal person. Right, yes. And, yeah, I find it hard to believe, like, so she doesn't understand what the internet is. Like, she hasn't watched any media from the past 15 years. Not a single, like, episode of Simpsons or, I mean... A makeup tutorial to do her (laughs) perfect cheekbones. Yeah. I I find that a little hard to believe. But I will say that one, like, uh, 
tick in the in the good corner for me was I like that they set up a little bit of lore in the very very beginning. Like I kind of like movies that start with a little bit of a description, but it's just it's a generalized uh, you know quote about what Mercy Black is or what she can do or whatever. She I like that. You're hurt if you promise yeah. her your pain. I like mm-hmm. the general little like description they gave that kind of sets things up a little bit. Like I like setting you up and like kind of wetting your appetite and wanting to understand more about this entity. Well, and that was the whole point of the movie, wasn't it? Like, that believing in something and believing in its lore is enough to bring something to life. Right. Which, you know, has never been done before in the horror no. history. Ever. Uh, never. Never. <laughs> I do like the idea that some weird... I don't... They didn't really explain what originally gave any of the girls the idea to do it, but it almost kind of seems like three little girls stumbled on the ability to summon some kind of a golem. Like... Golem. Like the movie Golem. <laughs> yeah, kind of, you know, more or less. Um, I agree, though. Yeah, that, I feel like, to my memory, wasn't explained that well. They didn't say, like, you know, they tried to say that she was crazy, psychotic, whatever. The main girl, I'm terrible with names. If you keep listening, you'll understand that over time. In, in this movie? Just in, in general, I'm uh, terrible with names. No, no, no. Period. I mean, like you were saying. The main blonde girl. The, the Becky was her name? Was it a B name? The main girl, the one who's like the ringleader of the three of them, in of the little girls. Yes, Rebecca. Rebecca. I mean, she's she's a big girl too. Later on, like well, we but, meet her later too. Yeah, but yeah, she's Rebecca. not blonde anymore. She kind of seemed like the see ringleader. Oh uh, well, yes, she, she has black hair later on for some reason. But for some reason, she she struck me as being like the ringleader of the group and the yes. one who originally had all the ideas and brought them all out there and convinced them that you know doing this was going to summon some creature to take away their pain and whatever. Um, okay. So I don't, I don't understand, though, where she came up with that idea. Like, there's no explanation of, like, was it some kind of evil manuscript that she read in some old dusty relic or... I got the impression, and they didn't hint at it much, but I got the impression that she was being abused by her father. Yes. Because she said, my dad and I go hunting alone, and she, like, put emphasis on the, like, the fact that it was just the two of them. Yeah. So uh-huh. I think that she was looking for a way to act out her pain because she didn't want to keep it to herself anymore. I feel like it was also implied that Mercy Black was an urban legend, but then later on they say, or uh, Austin Emilio's character says, that they created the urban legend of Mercy Black. The three of them did, yes. So it's slightly confusing because supposedly she exists before that, but it does seem like, not Lily, Rebecca, made all that stuff up, like the summoning ritual and putting the dummy together or whatever like yeah. that was all her ideas and maybe maybe mercy black did exist in a vague sense before that but like was just a, like a campfire story that maybe her dad told her and then she decided to bring it to life by creating more of a lore for it i mean kind of circles back to what i was saying that like basically three little girls through one of them through pain and anger and hatred one of them through hope for saving her mom and the other one just from i guess tagging along and wanting desperately to be a sacrifice and be important in some <laughs> lily way. wanted to die i was yeah. gonna say did like, we find out what she wanted or did she, she, she just wanted, wanted to die, just wanted to die like, for some reason but like basically these three little girls just accidentally believe in something enough that they accidentally figure out some ritual that actually summons some type of golem that they can now use to murder people which that was also unclear like it kind of seems like it was also murdering the people that summoned it yeah, it seemed like she didn't have a very short leash as far as her lore was concerned, like Mercy Black didn't. But, I mean, most of the killings that were happening were being done by Mrs. Bellows. Right. Not Lee by... Eddie. Yeah, by Lee, the, the actress Lee Eddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, by the way, <laughs> I knew something was weird about her from the beginning. I even wrote in here, creepy librarian telling child horror stories and leaving him alone with the internet. (laughs) And, like, she very distinctly looks at a picture of his aunt and then walks away from the computer. And I was like, there's something off about this woman. And I don't know if her daughter was Lily or if she herself is Lily. Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. (laughs) Because, I mean, Mrs. Klein, Rebecca's mother was still pretty hot considering how old she would have been whenever, <laughs> you know, these kids created this monster in the first place. She does seem like every kid's mom. Yeah. In that sense. Um, 
I I don't know about you guys, but I got real frustrated per- pretty early on with like the typical horror story tropes. Like, yeah. yeah, she moves back into the house where she was having the issues with her delusions in the first place, and again. I don't understand whose brilliant idea it was to release her in the first place, but let alone back to the house where she was having delusions. Right. (laughs) And then she immediately starts having delusions in the bathtub, which is another horror story trope. And she gets introduced to the dog, who we all know is inevitably going to die. Also, now I'm wondering who killed that dog. Was it Mrs. Bellows or was it Will? I'm pretty sure it was Mrs. Bellows. That'd be my bet. Because Will, I mean, he was a weirdo, we'll say. Obsessed. Yeah, he was obsessed with this whole Mercy Black thing and trying to tell her story, mostly for greed, but, like... He was also a creep who had no sense of personal space. He was, yes. He made me real (laughs) uncomfortable. I don't know that the personal space thing is accurate. I think he was obsessed in, like, a fetish kind of way. He still had no sense of personal space. Like, he was standing within inches of her and, like, kept touching her hand and, like, getting all up in her space. And, like, maybe it was obsession, but it doesn't negate the fact that he had zero sense of personal space. (laughs) Well, we don't see him interact with anybody else, so we can't really say for sure about his personal space, but maybe we can ask the director about that. <laughs> I'll call him tomorrow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're playing golf tomorrow. Cool. Um, but yeah, so he was creepy and greedy and obsessed with this now seemingly real legend of Mercy Black, but I don't think he had the capacity to kill the dog. I think he was still mostly harmless. He did. He did seem genuinely confused whenever Alice busted into his house. Yeah. I'm also wondering if it was him or if it was Mrs. Bellows that hung the psycho bitch doll up and, like, smashed the glass with it. I'm pretty sure that was him. Because he, like, really obviously, like, asks her at some point. Um, he He's like, I mean, you know, that must have been really freaky last night. And, you know, it probably brought back some old memories. Uh, tell me about those memories. Like, what do you remember? Like, okay. uh, tell me about those. <laughs> yeah creepy little weasel man but like i think that was entirely his plan and his idea and that's why he didn't freak out whenever it was at his house like any of us would have reasonably freaked out he was like oh come on guys which is also a typical horror movie trope where the tough guy that you know is going to get murdered is suddenly not concerned about something we'd all be concerned about because he thinks it's his friends but who would have thought that a conglomeration of sticks and a leather glove would suddenly reach out to strangle you nobody Everybody who's ever watched a horror movie ever. <laughs> but nobody who's ever been in one, so... Right. That's fair. <laughs> Speaking of... Okay. So, Alice is not a husband, and is not a man, and they did not use that old horror story trope of the person who's not directly being affected, brushing things off and being like, oh no, like you're just being crazy. Like right. She noticed right away and was like hey, something's wrong here, and I don't know if she thought that it was strictly psychological, or if she thought that, like, Mercy Black was actually coming to life, but Alice started to believe things pretty quickly on, and it's interesting because the person who was being directly affected was the one who was in denial. They kind of reversed it a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Alice, I mean, yeah, she noticed the symptoms right away. Whether she thought Mercy Black was real or not, she knew something was wrong. I guess that's fair. Her sister just going nuts again or something. But And also her kid. Yeah. I mean, that whole scene with him trying to strangle that annoying neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whenever he comes in and he's like, I didn't invite him. I never invite him. My first thought was, we all have that friend. Uh, we Yeah, we did. <laughs> and then we got older and told him to piss off, so... <laughs> I think I've been that friend, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but I... Somewhat off topic, but it brings me to a question I had. You were talking about the sister, and like... I feel like a lot of times they're is what I would consider to be, like, NPC logic in horror movies, where, like, <laughs> she's walking around outside and she hears someone very clearly scraping a shovel in the garage, and she goes out by herself with a rake, which, fine, you know, whatever, she thinks it's someone fooling around or whatever, again, there's that trope of, like, come on, guys, stop messing around, or, you know, it's this person that I just told to fuck off, like, it's this guy, and, like, come on, stop messing around, and she goes out there and can clearly hear the sound of the shovel, like, in the shadows, and turns the light on, and then it stops. And then she's like, oh, well, I guess it must have been nothing. Like, it's the equivalent (laughs) of getting shot with an arrow and being like, must have been rats. Like, it's It's like playing Metal Gear Solid, and one of the guards hears you, and then after a few seconds, they're like, oh, never mind. Yeah, must have been the wind. Oh, well. (laughs) Somebody's prowling around here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you clearly hear a noise that is absolutely not anything other than someone scraping a shovel across the ground, and then you convince yourself, eh, must have been nothing. Like, I wouldn't. I'd freak the fuck out. Uh, yeah, 
So, going back a little bit to Will, like, when the whole dog thing happened, I was annoyed because I was like, we all fucking knew the dog was gonna die. Dog always dies. Like, I don't know that I've ever watched a horror movie where the dog doesn't die. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but I very distinctly remember thinking, like, whenever Mercy Black, but in this case Mrs. Bellows, reaches out and kills Will, like, I was like, ah, somebody killed the creep. I think Mercy and I could be friends. Like, <laughs> and on, like on the surface, that's what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be this like very brutal, very kind of screwed up as far as the summoning goes. But I thought it was going to be like an avenging angel, like this kind of revenge type of creature, which I'm all for. Like I'm all for some kind of a, a, a revenging uh, golem that you know can be commanded by those who don't have the power to incite justice themselves. Like I love that idea, but. It's also ironic that they would have the power to summon this so-called golem or spirit to do all this vengeance for them and yet can't enact it in their own lives. Yeah. So (laughs) Just saying. Able to murder (laughs) each other to stop the pain that they're feeling. I mean, I guess I can understand being so desperate, like your parents dying, or in the case of Rebecca, her father is likely molesting her. Like abusive in some manner. Desperate to eliminate that pain. And thinking that, like, you could do something. I mean, if you even think about it, like, uh, Bryce, the boy, whenever his douchebag neighbor friend is over and he attempts to strangle him, he didn't actually do it himself. He had his mom doing it. Right. Yeah, he made her, not accidentally, but... Yeah, like, unknowingly. Yeah. Um, And so, like, I just, I remember thinking, it's very interesting, like, these kids don't have the capability of doing things themselves, except Rebecca and Marina were both capable of causing harm to Lily, obviously. Yeah. Like, they didn't kill her, but they stabbed her and cut one of her fingers off. (laughs) Yeah. Did you notice at one point, (laughs) whenever um, Will was holding... A glass of scotch he was holding it in such a way that the same finger that they cut off of lily was bent so it looked like it was missing really? like it looked like he had cut his own finger off and i was like huh. is that intentional i don't like it's one of those things where it's like did the director have him do that intentionally or did he do that just like is that just how he normally holds like he was holding it like that yeah for those I did of not you, notice that, but for those of you at home who can't see, um, Kitty's now holding her glass with her uh, ring finger folded in to make it look like it's missing. Just thought you'd you'd want to know. I'm sure they were curious about it. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm playing golf with them not tomorrow because I'm with uh, Egerton tomorrow mm-hmm. golf. Yeah. But the yeah, next yeah, yeah. day. I'll yep. be with uh, Austin Emilio for golf, so I'll ask him then. Yeah. I play a lot of golf. Um, <laughs> you want to play golf? <laughs> uh, no, I've never in my life. Right. But uh, Good luck. I'm about to. <laughs> so, okay, so these young girls are having all these issues in their family. Dying mother, abusive father, this and that and the other thing. One of them's just plain suicidal, I guess. Yeah. And so they build this mannequin, I guess we'll say, out of sticks. A creepy mask painted with crow blood. They stuffed like a... A sock or a ski mask or something to put the mask over top of. Yeah. Yep. And it's like a weird, fucked up version of Frosty the Snowman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, instead of a happy friend that you put a top hat on, they made this creepy thing, splattered it with blood, and then suddenly it's gonna kill everybody. Yeah. The mask kind of reminds me of Princess Mononoke's from the Hayao Miyazaki Vaguely. movie. Like, Kinda. it looks like a distorted version of that. I could, yeah, I could see that. Like, it looks like, um,. Yeah, it just reminded me of that. Yeah, I, I mean, it's certainly creepy, and I think that, um, I don't know, uh, I I have a hard time, though, with, like, I, it's a movie, and I have to remind myself that, you know, movies have different logic than we do in the world, but, like, let's say you find a bomb shelter from when there was the, um, the panic over the Red Dawn, like, you know, everyone the thought... Cold War? Yeah, everyone thought they were going to get nuked, the so Russians, the they Russians. had all kinds of bomb shelters and put in place. Was it, and this is something I don't know, and maybe one of you two can can, can tell me, or maybe one of our listeners can tell us, um, all two of them. Um, <laughs> I wonder if, like, would that be connected to a power grid? Because there's no way that there'd still be a generator that functions. There'd be no way that there'd be a battery source that would still function. So it'd have to be connected to a, bat- or a, a, a power source on a main grid somewhere. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I don't know how they were built. It wouldn't have been solar-powered, for sure. Maybe it was, like, something 
Because Rebecca was the one that knew about it, and I think she said that her dad showed it to her. Maybe it was his fallout shelter. Mm, okay, maybe. maybe. Maybe he was crazy. I mean... Okay, not saying the people who have fallout shelters Maybe not his, but his dad's, maybe, or that's, his mom. Yeah. yeah, that's more likely. Something. Um, um, but can we talk about Rebecca, too? Like, the the grown Rebecca yes. and her mom. And she like, likes to play hide under the tent. Yeah. Well, I think her mom <laughs> likes to play that game. I don't know. Like, that whole situation felt so uncomfortable. And it was supposed to. Like, yeah. that yeah. was the point. Because, um, what, she tried to hang herself after she got out of the And deprived institution. her brain of oxygen for so long that she basically became a vegetable. Yeah. And she... What kind of vegetable? Cucumber. Uh, okay. okay. No, they're cool. A carrot. Uh, Brussels sprout. I like Brussels sprouts. I don't. I don't know. I think she's pretty shifty. Her they're the horror of vegetables. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, she was off her rocker and literally and figuratively she was like just ridiculous and like that whole line of like i still think of all of you as children like that she says to marina like right before she walks out of the room is so uncomfortable (laughs) yeah that um that actress was amazing at that role like just being creepy and so incredibly in denial that she is like sick like I honestly don't know between Mrs. Klein and Miss Bellows which of the two of them was my favorite in the movie. Like mm. I liked both of them. Yeah. And I really like Lietti. I as an actress, I've seen her in a couple of other things and I really really like her. Yeah. I mean, she doesn't give off the immediate vibe of like psycho killer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like she, she seems like kind of creepy librarian like kind of your bland aunt yeah that, like doesn't really talk about much interesting at Thanksgiving dinner kind of yeah. like the person that any student would go to and ask for advice because they're so impartial yeah but. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah like that whole situation was messed up and her I I said to Vic over here, whenever we were watching it, like, you saw her in the background while Marina was looking at the hand-drawn map, and I was like, oh, she's gonna be standing up out of that chair, and then, like, they panned back to the chair, and the chair was empty, and I was like, oh, she's not standing there, (laughs) and I got real freaked out, and then she, like, started attacking, and I just, the whole thing was so weird, and so creepy we actually whenever she first went to the trailer we couldn't figure out we were like where is she is she at will's house what is happening and then we realized that she was at rebecca's and we were like oh no Uh (laughs) yeah and scary because there were there were a couple of weird cuts in this movie that didn't quite line up like maybe i'm just too used to movies holding my hand and being like okay now we're going to this scene but like <laughs> it there were a couple of cuts that i was like like the one cut where it, it cuts to um bryce you said his name was in the yeah. it, it look at again i am terrible with names um little kid ripping out the pages in the book like that snapped into that scene so fast and then I, snapped back i wasn't out. expecting it. and then it was like <laughs> and now he's home and like <laughs> then she drives him home and that was fine like it's fine she sees him there and she drives him home and uh, that's okay but like the whole scene just it was super quick and like it felt like it was just shoved in there it was 15 seconds of him, him ripping pages out of books and I don't even, like, know what the significance of that was. I guess maybe just to show the dichotomy between him in the beginning, whenever he found the pop-up book that was ripped and he was all depressed about it. Uh, And then, like, here he was destroying books, like, just to show how insane he's going. I don't know. But that... I like that plot point, I guess, of the familial sickness the her having the delusions and then him ha- starting to have the delusions especially i mean to my knowledge i don't think there's actually any biological link with schizophrenia i don't think that it's something that you can pass down necessarily yeah i've never heard that um but i i like that kind of idea that she had this early onset because generally speaking you don't get schizophrenia until you're a later teen or an early adult um, because it doesn't it's not onset until then Um, and it's even more rare for them to diagnose it that early because personality disorders and disorders of that sort are really hard to get off of your record (laughs) once (laughs) you have been diagnosed with them yeah so if you're misdiagnosed with schizophrenia at a very early age that could potentially screw up your life if it's misdiagnosed so um, 
but I kind of liked that idea that they were like, hey, this kid has the same thing that his aunt does, and that's why he's being equally crazy right now. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind that either, and I remember you saying that last night, um, or whatever night it was that we watched it. Uh, I remember you saying that and thinking that there was a, a, a kind of a fun, almost like a genetic predisposition to a, you know an illness, but you know, a, a genetic disposition to... Uh, schizophrenia instead of you know anything else that i don't know i like the idea but i didn't i was he actually seeing miss bellows in the vent how the hell was she in that vent uh i don't know i think that was part of his delusions yeah part of his because yeah how would she cram herself into a vent that was a very very small vent. Yeah, she like <laughs> Lee Eddie is not a teeny tiny person. No. Like she's not massive, but she's like she's built sturdy. <laughs> I guess she's a sturdy woman. We yeah. can say that. Yeah, <laughs> um, say sturdy. <laughs> but I mean, spirits haunting one family member in their younger age, and then moving on to like another younger child in the family. Like that's nothing new either. No, like you know, it's kind of like. You know, a biblical thing where the curse of the father haunts the son, and yeah. so on and so right. forth. Um, but there were some problems I had with Lily. Maybe I miswatched. Miswatched? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the bathtub scene, where Marina's taking a bath, and the fingers come around her head, mm-hmm. and one of them's missing. Mm-hmm. Well, we have to presume that's Lily's weird corpse spirit or something. It's a delusion. It's a dream. Right. Oh, yeah, it's a dream. She woke up from the dream. In her bed. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like some Inception crap. Like, she woke up and then woke up. Alright, so... Because that made me think that Lily was supposed to be dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I... They... At one point, Will says, Wow, they really didn't tell you anything, did they? And I think that that was them kind of setting up that she didn't know that Lily lived. Or something. Oh. Well... Like, because she blocked all that shit out of her memory. Yeah. She apparently went to an insane asylum where they don't have TV or internet. And maybe not even books from the past ten years. Or didn't talk about any of their <laughs> crimes or anything. Right. Did, did they all dress up in, like, period-appropriate clothing whenever they went to visit her, too? Like, I don't know. how far do they make this illusion? <laughs> the it kind of made it seem like nobody ever visited her, either, even though she was on good terms with her sister. Apparently. Also, I hate to keep harping on this, but they let somebody with delusions like this go when she had no memory of what she did. <laughs> right. Like, mm. she couldn't be remorseful about it because she didn't know what happened. I think that's partly the doctor's fault. Because All she... of this was the doctor's well, fault. Well, yes. <laughs> and she paid the price for that in the end. She did. Not, she didn't deserve that, but... Um... For being stupid? No, I'm just kidding. She <laughs> well, didn't deserve it. <laughs> no. But Mental health professionals it. are well-respected by this group. <laughs> I used to be one. Yes. So... Um. Anyway, what was I saying? Uh, the doctor's fault. Uh, oh, yeah, it was the doctor's fault. But remember, near the end of the movie, when she gets the doctor to come with her, she's like, will you just for once believe me? And the doctor's like, oh, okay, I'm going to change my ways for ten minutes yeah. that I have left. Um, but So I think part of her not remembering what she did is the doctor telling her that it was all delusions, it wasn't yeah. real. So... Okay, that's fair. That was a long way to make that freaking point. Should but anyway, just said yay. I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, all right. Um, I think we should go around the the, the table here, and um, who thinks that this movie would have been made better if they would have left it ambiguous and not given us any solid evidence that there was any kind of real spirit, and who thinks that the movie would have been made worse by doing that? Wait, are we going around the table, or are we just taking a vote? Because I have a lot of thoughts on that. <laughs> okay, well, uh, for now, let's before we jump into the actual like breaking it apart, let's just we'll start to the left. Like, let's let's start with you, Kitty. What what's your opinion? I think that they should have left it a little bit more ambiguous. Okay, um, I was really enjoying the way that they ended it because like. There, it's highly possible. I thought we were getting into the nitty gritty. I thought we were just saying our opinions. <laughs> I like that she was facing down her demons, and I would have liked for it to have stopped there. I would have liked for um, uh, Bryce could have stabbed her in the this eye. Is a really windy opinion. <laughs> Bryce could have stabbed her in the eye, and it could have ended there. Um, and just have that be like, oh shit, none of it was real. 
And we just done committed murder. Uh, oh, and nobody's again. going to believe us. Roughly, roughly, roughly. <laughs> Back to the institution with both of you. So what's your opinion, Max? Well, Victor, I think... I Okay. Part of the problem with rating movies, or anything, is that it's all personal what you like. Mm-hmm. And I personally like to see the monster. Okay. I like it. I like it when it's hiding in the corners throughout like half the movie and as the movie goes on it gets more and more tangible and near the end you get to see the whole freaking thing in all its horrible glory well it has its hands on you yes evil's first soft touches or not so soft but um yeah so no I don't think it would have been better if they had been more ambiguous so typically I would agree with you and like I said I have a lot of feelings about this I just want to interject real quick. How is his response less windy than mine? (laughs) You were the one that was all like, just give your opinion. And then you started giving more than your opinion. (laughs) So. Um, But, so, my, typically speaking, I am on your side with that. I hate, 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 hate whenever you get to the end of a horror movie and you never really got to see the monster and you're like, oh, was it all in their head or wasn't it? And, like that kind of a thing but in this instance I kind of wish that they wouldn't have had the monster hanging out there like we already saw her we already saw her attack Marina in the fallout shelter like we saw the monster she was there she was tangible but we still had that question of is she a delusion or is she a real thing like is this her schizophrenia or is this an actual monster that is physically attacking her right now? Right. At the end, she's hanging out there all up in the air. And, like, I feel like that answers the question of, like, they brought this thing to life. And maybe they meant for it to be a little bit more ambiguous where you were like, wait, is it still a delusion? But it felt like they were saying that it was real. Right. Well, I mean, the thing comes up and puts her her it's its hands on Bryce. Right. Well, whatever. It's like enshrouding him in its like absorbing ghost, him. Kinda, yeah. yeah. And then you see like the eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because once he stabs what was her name? Mrs. 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 Bellows. Mrs. Mrs. Bellows. When he like he stabs her in the eye, technically, according to the lore that Rebecca made, they completed the sacrifice. Yes. So Which brought her to life. Too late to save Marina's mother, I guess, but Who else is there to save at this point? Like Well, Rebecca's dad's dead, and I guess we didn't see him anyway. Oh, I assumed that Bryce was trying to get his dad to come home. Ooh. That's why he took the... That's why he gave him the astronaut figure. Oh, yeah. Oh. Like, I... That, that assumed, went over my head. Like, I, I assumed... I thought he was going crazy. No, like, it was something that was... <laughs> it was really important and really precious to him, and I think that was the whole point, was that, like, he idolized his dad, and he had been fed this most likely, we can't say for sure, because they don't really prove it one way or the other, um... I guess they do have that small exchange, but most likely what's, you know, been fiction about his dad being, you know, uh, his dad is on a top secret mission for NASA, which... Oh, right. That's not how that works. Yeah, which is also a super cliche thing. Which is fine. Um, Um, (laughs) But I think that he was so desperate to have that kind of maternal figure in his life and he, he wanted to have that this delusion or this not delusion this this fiction that had been built up about his dad for so long with this fictitious figure he wanted to have him back and i think that he deluded himself into thinking that somehow mercy black would help that happen would a child what how old was he do you think 12 he was 13 nine. he was nine because he says in the beginning whenever he gives her the night light he's like i'm almost nine okay so. oh that's right <laughs> well i don't take notes on fucking everything so I just thought it was really funny because he was giving it to his, like, 30-year-old aunt. <laughs> right. And she was like, well, won't you need it? And he was like, I'm almost nine. <laughs> like. <laughs> also, Jesus Christ, kid, respect some fucking boundaries. Yes. <laughs> Holy crap. Twice in 24 hours. But, okay, so, but that's a really good thought, Victor. I didn't think about that with the astronaut and his dad and, and shit. But, like, would a kid nine years old, even then, like, you you have a lot of moral appreciation, I think, even at nine years old. Maybe not as much later on, but still. So this horrifying thing. I mean, Mercy Black scared Bryce. Yeah. He was scared of her. But I guess he saw the potential in her power or whatever. So he's going to complete the sacrifice and have this thing, this creepy fucking doll made of weird-ass shit. <laughs> go to wherever his dad is and drag him kicking and screaming back to where Bryce is. I think that he had been fed a 
glorified version of it by Miss Bellows. Because mm-hmm. she said to him at one point, whenever they were going into the fallout shelter, she was like, remember your promise. And, like, obviously the promise was that he was going to follow through on the sacrifice. But that being said... Um, Did Mrs. Bellows want him to do that? Yeah, she wanted to fucking die. Even as an adult, she was still like, I didn't get to die as a little girl. I need somebody to kill me. Then why was she trying to kill Marina? She wasn't. She, wasn't. she was trying to entice her into completing the ritual. Oh, uh, That's why she took her hands away from Marina's hands and she was choking her. And Marina realized, like, she, like, took her hands away and Marina was, like, choking her and then stopped and realized that's what she wanted. She was like, this is what you want. And, like, and then she walked away and then that's when Bryce walked over and was like, and, like, stabbed the bitch in the eye. And, (laughs) like, (laughs) you know, we were actually, you you had been talking about, I'm going to kind of derail this a little bit. Um, You had been talking about the, um, the pasties, the nipple pasties. In the bathtub scene. Oh, yeah. Um, and how they were... You didn't understand why they did that. And we were talking about the ratings. I'm actually really interested. I'm going to look up real quick and see what the rating was on this movie. Um, For those of you who weren't privy to that conversation, yeah, I wouldn't have made any mention of them at all if they hadn't put them on there. <laughs> like, when the hands come up and around her head and she freaks out, I'm like, what the hell was that in the tub? Like, it was this weird looking... Like, she spilled a cup of fucking jello. Or something in the tub. And it, yeah, like, they put some weird nipple pasties on her, or that's what she wanted. I don't know. Okay. So, you're trying to say that you weren't staring at her nipples. The only reason that you noticed them was because they weren't <laughs> flesh-colored enough. Correct. They weren't correctly uh, uh, colored to her skin tone. That is what I'm saying, and believe it if you will. Every nipple is different. <laughs> it's true, but... <laughs> um, Just seems super weird. All three of mine are different colors. Looking for... <laughs> I don't see a rating anywhere. I, like, I'm not seeing a rating. I guess maybe I could just Google it plus the rating. So, listeners, you have to forgive us. Like, we don't prepare for everything. Or anything. Anything, ever. <laughs> we don't know what the rating system exactly means. I mean, like, PG-13 is pretty obvious, but, like, mm-hmm. rated R and mature. I think mature is the worst rating. Like, that's got the grittiest everything. I thought that was X. No, that's NC-17. Wait, now I'm just real confused. There's a lot of things being, like, letters and numbers. From what I understand, rated M for mature is for video games, rated mature is for TV, and rated NC-17 is for movies that are so terrible that if you are under 17, you need to have a parent, like, be with you or a guardian or whoever or have a permission slip written by your parents and take it to the movie theater with you i don't know if that actually works anymore there might be an app there there (laughs) might be i very distinctly remember doing that for i think the ring um my friend uh and i went to see it whenever we were 13 and we took her at the time 11 year old sister with us and they almost didn't let us in and we were really really upset hmm um, more info, I well, guess? Well, you just can't have everything It doesn't matter. I just, I don't need hmm. to really know. But I think that they were trying to keep it, like, PG-13, because there wasn't much swearing in it, either. There wasn't much swearing. Even whenever, um, the doctor got her throat slit, there wasn't much blood. The most gore that you had was whenever Miss Bellows got stabbed in the eye. Now, I would argue the most gore is when she stabbed Marina. So she was trying to get her to complete the ritual, but giving somebody a sucking chest wound with blood spurting out of their mouth is rather severe. Also, them killing the crows, too. Oh, in the pillowcase? Yeah. Like, you didn't really see much, but it was like a blood-soaked pillowcase, and it was super gross. But, like, I think they were trying to keep, like, a lower rating, and they managed that. But I feel like a lot of time... A lot of times... Horror movies have a tendency to abandon things that horror lovers like in favor of a lower rating, like a lower category on the rating scale. I've already expressed my displeasure at the Batman movies for having done PG-13. <laughs> Which Batman movies? All of them. <laughs> Every single Batman movie of all like, time. Yes. <laughs> the Joker goes to... Well, not the Tim Burton ones. Those were pretty severe at times, but... They were. Like, the Heath Ledger Joker... Like, he'll go to stab somebody or shoot somebody, and, like, they will just cut right away. And it's, like, the whole point of him is that he's psychotic and crazy and, like, yeah. Okay, so it doesn't have mature written on here. It goes PG, PG PG-13, R, 
NC-17. I thought Mature was a TV. video game rating. Well, but a ton of movies like on Netflix have a Mature rating. Okay. Because I think they're not subjected to the same thing, but... I thought it was a TV rating, but we all might just be idiots. <laughs> if anybody knows what the hell they're talking about, write to us and let us know. And... <laughs> We'll get you that email address later, I guess. Um, I don't believe in Googling everything, okay? I if do. somebody else knows, go ask them and let them tell you. Whatever. This isn't even part of the movie. Let's That's go social on. Googling, though, isn't it? <laughs> Googling is just right. being able to say it to millions of people at one time. <laughs> so, I feel like... Oh. One of the things that bugged me... Like, Marina's, like, slowly getting her memories back throughout sure. the course of the movie. Like... She starts, I think, whenever she goes to visit Rebecca, um, and then whenever she got stabbed, maybe? I don't know. She slowly starts getting her memories back. Mm-hmm. And whenever they're doing the lake scene, and Rebecca tells her to go dip her hands in the lake, mm-hmm. she, like, wades in chest deep in the fall in a cold-ass lake for no reason. <laughs> And still doesn't put her hands in the water. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? Uh, I mean, I think she was... I took it as her being in shock. And kind of just sort of somewhere in her brain was trying to follow the directive that she was given. But the rest of her body was just kind of like numbly moving forward, I guess. Yeah. Victor, like, I was going to say something along those lines. And you just... Whatever. You know what? No. It's your opinion. That was good. Mm-hmm. I agree. That's all. Mm-hmm. I just agree with it. Because it would not be... Crazy to assume that a child who is committing murder mm-hmm. may be slightly confused and not in total control of their functions. Especially whenever they're kind of being... Coerced a bit. Yeah. Like like the bully friend. Like yeah. Browbeating people into following them. Yeah. That would have been me as a kid, by the way. Like, <laughs> I was bossy and it's I was you an now. asshole whenever... Yeah. No. Yeah. No. And I would have made everybody else do the dirty work, too. I wouldn't have done shit. <laughs> like... <laughs> I would have been like, I'm not stabbing this bitch, you are. <laughs> and then stood by as it happened. And then, like, ended up in prison like Manson. Old Charlie Manson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is he still alive? No, he died, like, last year. Okay. Yeah, so, there's all of that. I will say, just in general, I do like the title of the movie, Mercy Black. It yeah. just yeah. sounds cool. Yeah. I like that um, name as, a, of like, a, a ghost or, like, a, a lore. Because it's got, like, both, like, like mercy. It's not something you'd really expect from a spirit. But just, it was her purpose. Like, she was there to give mercy to the people that conjured her. Yeah. Um, and her, then black. Yeah. You know, like... But it's gonna be a tainted version of mercy. Right. Yeah. Mercy Black. Like, yeah, it's just it's just a cool name. Like, someone did a good job of that. Yeah. They, they thought that through a lot. And overall, I think that the project, pro, projection, the production projection. value, the production value was pretty good. Like, um, I want to go back real quick to a point that you made earlier, Max, in, um, you were saying about would a kid, you know, a nine-year-old kid really not comprehend or, or, or would he really expect this entity to, to go and find his father and bring it back? And I think a kid that young wouldn't really comprehend the consequences of his actions. He we would just comprehend what he wanted. Like a little kid not really comprehending that if they broke a glass, they wouldn't be able to put it back together, but they want the, the ship that's inside the bottle. Like they want the thing that's in front of them. They don't really understand the consequences of what's going to happen afterwards. And I don't, I kind of like the idea of it being like a monkey paw. Like, uh, or, or like, you know, you have these tainted wishes. Like I imagine it bringing his father back, but maybe he's dead. Or maybe he's torn to pieces. Or, you know, <laughs> like, he doesn't really un- comprehend, like, what might happen. And I kind of... I'm, I'm not interested enough to, to see a sequel for this movie, because I don't think that sequels usually aren't done right. But I like the idea that, you know, like I said, it'd be like a monkey's paw situation where he would make a request of Mercy and she would fulfill it, but it would be tainted and awful in some way. And that itself would be nothing new. Um, it would. Like, or so, like I, the way I that they, see what you're saying. They push, like genie stories like the three wishes like you'll get it but it'll be in some terrible manner right um i also kind of think frequently about um uh i lost my train of thought it derailed entirely (laughs) no survivors yep uh oh wait 
I don't know if this was a thought that I was thinking and well, saying out loud. Start the new one. So the new one that might have nothing to do with what I was just saying, so it might not make any sense. Um, I I think it's a little bit ridiculous that Marina, who has spent the last fifteen years of her life, more than half of her life, in an institution, understands the nuances of her sister lying to her son about where the father is. Like at one point, she's yelling at her about like. And, like, his dad's in NASA? Like, she understands... Like, in my brain, she would basically still be, like, a 12-year-old, essentially. Yeah. Well, I, don't like, think, I don't think there's any reason why she wouldn't have mentally developed, just for no, some reason. No, but, like... She wouldn't even know what Stranger Things is! <laughs> she doesn't know what the internet is. <laughs> but, like, she, she wouldn't have ever been exposed to that kind of a thing. Like, to... Adults having to lie to their kids where their like degenerate fathers are and like yeah. that kind of a thing right. and so like I just don't understand how she quite understood. I mean maybe just because her sister also lied about her existence and where she was. Also, is it her, her older sister or younger sister? I don't know. Because um, either way, sure. we're assuming that the sister knew Marina at some point in her life. But let's just surmise for a second that she's the older sister. Let's say she's older by just the minimum of like two years. How would you not fucking know that your younger sister does or doesn't like chicken? Like, yeah. What? what? Yeah. That's just a weird thing to ask. Like, yeah. <laughs> why not ask, like, you know, do you drink or, uh, you know, do you eat meat? Not, like, do you eat chicken? Like, that's such a weird thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. Have you not seen her or talked to her for 15 years, but Apparently you're willing to let her come and live in your house? not. It, it also really makes it seem like she never fucking visited her, but... Like, their relationship is pretty good and solid when she gets out. Like, yeah, she's, like, like leaning her head on her shoulder also, when her recruit, creepy boyfriend's telling the story. Not freaking mention to her, oh, by the way, don't tell my son you were in a psych ward for the last 15 years. I told him you were at art school. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. that might be something you want to mention to her before she gets to your house. Yeah. I don't understand. Oh, like, hey, by the way, all that stuff you did, <laughs> we're just going to push that under the rug. Also, I wonder how many iterations of not Google they can use in movies before they start overlapping. Like, this, this was findit.com, and I've seen searchforit.com. <laughs> also, the fact that Miss Bellows, Alice, and um, Marina basically all had the same haircut kind of bugged me. <laughs> they did. <laughs> like, Wait, you mean now or when they were kids? In, like, now. I think then and adults. now. Yeah, they all had super long hair that they never cut when they were They were really kids. good friends, guys. <laughs> well, like, I guess now we they never... all have the, what do you call it, a bob? Yeah. <laughs> we never saw um, Alice as a child. Oh, uh, that's true. We only saw the other three. But... Um, yeah, I like it bugged me that they all three had basically the same haircut. <laughs> all right, so I think uh, just you know we, we obviously we might have more to say about this or we might not. Um, but I'm wondering like we can go around and we can uh, you know do our typical thing. So um, I guess we'll just do what we did before, left to right. Um, Kitty, what did you like the most about this movie? I actually the thing that I liked the most about the movie was Miss Bellows, like. I thought that she was the perfect amount of weird and creepy, and then whenever it came out who she actually was, she was the right amount of manic, and, like, I just really appreciated her as a character. Okay. Um, I appreciated the sound design of Mercy Black. Like, it was creepy, it clicked, it had this kind of otherworldly sense to it that made you feel uncomfortable, and immediately couldn't be confused for an animal or anything else like it automatically sounded like something not right Max what did you like the most about the movie oh well let's see <laughs> uh, I guess two things in combination I like the monster and I like the monster's name yeah okay it's an unthreatening thing just a pile of sticks and rags and whatever else they put on her but when it suddenly moves to animation it's fucking scary yeah so yeah. I like that Okay, alright. It kind of feels like you're our dad right now, Vic, making us go around and say what we're most thankful for. Alright, you hold the talking stick. <laughs> Why did you hit her? I will make us a talking stick for next... No. <laughs> I will not respect the talking stick. Nope. I'll just warn you ahead of time. <laughs> It'll be Mercy Black and we'll summon her when you don't respect her. <laughs> anyway. Alright, so uh, we'll go back around again. What did you like the least about the movie? Um, You would think... 
that it was the fact that they completely disregarded the mental health of the main character. But it's not. It's the fact that they killed the fucking dog. (laughs) I hate that trope. I hate it so much. And they put it in every horror movie. And it's the worst. Okay. I mean, the tropes are frustrating. Sure. Specifically that one. Don't kill the dog. The dog did... or, Or the cat, for that matter. Occasionally, they switch it up and they do a cat. Don't yes. kill any animals, and especially if you're going to kill the animals in a horror movie, don't show them to me. Please, please don't show me the dead animal. It seems like that's what's getting you, though. You can't stand them killing these innocent animals. And yes, it's terrible, but that's horrifying for you. It just makes me sad. Oh. It makes me want to cry, and I don't want to cry during a horror movie. I want to be scared. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's understandable. I mean, it's supposed to give you this sense of unease, but honestly, it just makes you... Like, I, I don't feel any more uneasy when I know that they're going to kill the dog than I do if, you know, they... Uh, the little kid has nightmares, or if, you know, whatever else is going on in the movie that, uh, you know, is supposed to give you this growing feeling of dread or unease. It doesn't make me feel any more when, you know, they kill an animal. Um, but honestly, I don't know if there was one thing, like, a lot of the tropes bothered me, but I guess, like, if I had to pick one thing that really bothered me, um... Go on. Man, I'm taking copious notes. I mean, I see you over there scribbling. <laughs> um, I really don't know. I mean, I guess just... You've had a whole 24 hours to think about that. I know. But, like, <laughs> there's a lot of things that were just kind of lazy, and I guess that's it. Like, the, what I didn't like about the movie was just their reliance on lazy tropes that aren't bad they work but they're just lazy like you you if you don't do anything new then what do you really expect us to get out of this movie that we haven't before and yeah. if, if 30 40 percent of your movie and 30 40 percent of your horror is based around horror movie tropes then like that's just kind of lazy and i'll have to not use that ever again because that's going to be so many horror movies that we watch. If I, if that's and my, again this week, my uh, complaint. My I, constant yeah. gripe about these movies is... The so bane I, of my I existence. promise I'll try to come up with a, a more specific dislike for it, but um, that's mine for this time, I guess. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. Well... Uh, Sorry, we can't be all as highbrow as you. Yeah, tropes. Ha, ha, ha. I mean, they get under my skin, too, but... There's some other horror movies I was watching recently, and I was making a slow list of all the cliches that I found. I counted, like, like, six before minute 11 in this one. (laughs) Like, two pages in, I'm like, fuck this. Like, it's just awful. Uh, My, probably my least favorite thing about it was, um, again, the cliche of the protagonist being involved in some weird shit, leaving the scene, going away wherever it is, and then coming back, and all the shit starts happening again. Yeah. Like, how stupid do you have to be to come back to all that? She did try to leave at one point. She was like, I think I should get my own place, and her sister was like, nonsense! It's true. She should have fucking left. But, like, my, uh, what was it? My Bloody (laughs) Valentine? Same thing. Oh, I forgot about that movie! Yeah. Yeah. He goes away, comes back, shit starts happening again, and it's like, who saw that coming? Like, "Mm, not me. Okay. Yeah, it's fair. It's certainly better than mine, and much more succinct. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so, what was the scariest scene in this movie, in your opinion? The creepiest thing for me. Scary, creepy. Sure, same thing. Was Mrs. Klein, Rebecca's mom? Okay. She was a fucking creep. She was creepy. Well, her and Will, honestly, like, Will's whole presence made me uneasy between those two characters. Like, it wasn't anything to do with the monster. It was the the really good writing and acting by Mrs. Klein Mm -hmm. and the the creepoid acting by Will, like, just ignoring personal space, touching her hand, trying to get her drunk. And I know that it was all for a purpose, but both of those things just made me feel really weird. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess it was it was meant to make you feel creepy, um, or creeped out. Um, I think for me, the creepiest scene in this movie... Um, I had a really hard time deciding between two separate scenes that both kind of freaked me out. Give them um, to us both. Yeah. So Tell them both. The first one that <laughs> I <give two. laughs> made me feel uncomfortable, and there was... Spoiler alert, this movie didn't really scare me much. Um, there wasn't really a lot that really made me all that uncomfortable. This whole podcast is a spoiler. <laughs> uh, sure. We should just call it spoilers and fools. Spoilers uh, and tropes. Yeah. Um, so, the first scene that made me feel uncomfortable was the one where uh, it's in the third act, and she's, uh, I forget why, but she's walking up the stairs, and she's looking down the staircase, and that little door 
um, I don't know, it's just a little closet or something at the top of the stairs is open. Oh, and there's like, space. There's an arm and the head is kind of poking out. And it very, <laughs> it's just fuzzy a little bit. There's a juxtaposition between her and the, like the, she's in the, um, the foreground and the background's blurred out. And you can see like this weird shape of Mercy Black kind of like lumbering towards her very slowly. And it recedes so quickly and unnaturally back into that spot. It's just really creepy. Um, that freaked me out. Does she go look... I just... Real quick. Does she go look inside of there, or does she just lock the door? I'm pretty sure she looks. I think she opens it Eventually up Eventually she goes and looks. I'm not okay. sure if it was right after that or not, but... Well, I think it was specifically right after that time. I was just thinking, was that Miss Bellows, or was that... No, that was definitely... I think that was her. That was okay. one of the times where we're supposed to infer that she was wondering like you have that feeling like when you're like there could be someone right behind me then you look and they're not there and you're like oh my god I feel sometimes better sometimes they are there and you're you oh, sometimes <laughs> yeah well I mean anyway um, but no I think I think what'll end up what what honestly gets my vote for the creepiest scene in the movie was just one split second where she's stabbed she's crawling across the floor um, it falls on her uh, Mercy Black's you know the the totem that they made of her falls on her and she kind of gets her blood on it a little bit and she's crawling across the floor and you hear that sound that I said like it's creepy it's weird it's like a prattling crawling sound and it sounds creepy and she turns back and like just its head lifts up and there's no reason for it to do that there's no reasonable explanation you can say that would make it do that um like its neck lifts up and its head lifts up and that freaks me out because then all of a sudden like it is this real thing and there's this realization that oh my god it, it's real like maybe but you know it could just be her imagination but still that to me yeah. was freaky Real quick, I think your ankle cracking just picked up louder on the microphone than you speaking. <laughs> well, that's what people really come here to listen to. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, uh, what about you, Max? Uh, stop prompting me. But anyway. Um, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> you go at your own pace, Max. <laughs> We're all here for you. Um, I have to agree with your first one. Like, the fingers and like just to have a face sticking out of the door. That was fucked up. Like, if I saw that in my own house, Look. I'd be... F- oh, I don't know what I'd do. Fuck. I, I don't know. Jump out a window or something, maybe. But I wouldn't be able to do this podcast if I lived on my own. <laughs> End of story. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the only reasonable recourse in that situation is to slowly walk backwards, facing that doorway, not looking away, and then you set your house on fire. <laughs> that That is leave. probably what you should do. Burn it! And, yeah. <laughs> and then when the fire department arrives, explain in detail what happened, and they'll pat you on the shoulder and tell you it's okay. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, um, I, other than that, I, I don't remember the first time we actually saw Mercy Black animated. What is Was it after yeah. she was stabbed? Yeah. It, is that the first time that Mercy Black actually moved on her own? She bumps yeah. into it, and it falls on her when she's down in the, the bunker. And it and starts doing the, like... Like, almost like the balloon under the plastic bag ghost thing. Those yeah. things that people hang in their, yeah. their trees at Halloween. Like, it starts <laughs> kind of moving like that. But, like, she was in a really, really vulnerable position <laughs> as she's crawling away from it. Like True. And then, you know, she's hurt. She's fucked up. And that's what I was kind of wondering. Like, maybe is this a blood loss-induced hallucination? Like, is this not really real? Or a stress-induced? Right. Actually, I'll tell you the other one that actually did... Not maybe scare me, but, like, it was unexpected. Okay. It was when uh, the doctor got her throat slit. Like, she yeah. was standing outside the bunker. I guess she was trying to call 911. Yeah. Just to get somebody to come out and, like, just out of nowhere... Boom, she's gone. See, I actually, at that point, I think you can kind of see Miss Bellow's shadow, like, in the background, kind of to her left, because they kind of have the doctor's body kind of off, like, in the third of the the screen, and I think you can kind of see Miss Bellow's in the background. Hmm. And then she kind of, because I was waiting for it, I was like, oh, fuck, this bitch is dead. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I knew it was coming. I don't know why I I didn't expect it. I was also really mad that she didn't go in the fucking bunker. Like, why did she stay up there? I mean, I guess maybe she was trying to make a cell phone call and didn't, couldn't get signal down there, but... I think Marina... Did Marina tell her to stay up there? Yeah. She did, but I don't understand why. Yeah. She told her to flag down help if they came. In the woods. <laughs> to the middle of the, the fucking woods. In the middle of nowhere. When I don't, At I don't, night. <laughs> did they contact anyone? What was she hoping for? Our child is awake. <laughs> I see that. Um... Oh, no. <laughs> So um, I'm just going to say my overall rating for the movie um, and what, what we 
think we want to start doing is giving a movie a general rating on the merits of the movie itself and then like a, a scare factor or like a you know a fear factor for the uh, let's not say fear factor could get us in trouble um, <laughs> Seth Rogen's gonna come knocking on our door you can't use that word um, that's not what he sounds like <laughs> <laughs> that's my best impression alright not known for impressions so I would say I'd give the movie itself it's passable it's fine you know there's nothing really wrong with it it's a little lazy I'd give it a 3 out of 5 in my opinion as far as it being creepy or scary I didn't really feel like there was more than maybe two or three seconds worth of creepiness in the movie so I'd put the creepy factor at you know a two out of five um, me personally um, I think that as an overall movie I would probably give it a three out of a five um, my biggest issue with it was the fact that they made a Slender Man movie without making a Slender Man movie yeah. Um, yeah, that they did. And that kind of bugged me. Um, and I mean, I guess in order, it's probably difficult to get rights to that. I don't know if anybody has Slenderman trademarked or not, but um, so that was my biggest complaint. And I think creepy factor, I think that I would probably give it also a three out of five just because I feel like not just the monster, but also some of the characters were just creepy. Like, Mrs. Klein and Will and Miss Bellows and Rebecca, like, adult Rebecca, and even the creepy little kids, like, no, there wasn't a lot of, like, actual scary content, but, like, there was a lot of unease that I felt in the movie in general, so. Yeah, a good underlying sense of dread. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna use a different grading system, because... That's gonna confuse people. Good, I hope it does. Our listeners are idiots, is what you're saying. Hey! <laughs> I would never <laughs> I'm just saying I was graded with like you know F through A for 20 years of my life so it's the one I'm most familiar with But so you ignore star ratings on hotels and restaurants and movies and everything else in fact I do okay. yes <laughs> because there has been movies that got like 91% on Rotten Tomatoes that I hated yeah. And other movies that got like 20% on Rotten okay. Tomatoes, and I loved it. But that's a percentage, which is also the A through F systems. It's no different than the star. 10 stars, 8 stars is 80%. <laughs> so why can't you just use the of 5 stars? Fine! <laughs> Alright, so. Uh, but now I have to give it a different score. I would have also given it 3 out of 5 stars, but. You don't have to. You, you can just agree. To. Just shush. Okay, so. <laughs> overall. Thunking our dog whenever Probably. he's sitting that close to the It makes a good bassy sound when you hit him. <laughs> he's both We're excited. Patting him, not not actually abusing our dog. He's excited and terrified. <laughs> okay. Which is his constant state of being. So I would give it as an overall movie, I would give it two out of five stars. Okay. okay. Personally, for the things that I look for in a horror movie, I'll give it four out of five. Okay. So that's fair. Yeah. I do recommend it. I think you at least won't feel like you've wasted your time by watching it. No, yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. I, I think that overall it was a pretty decent movie. It could have been made better if they had maybe loosened up on their their FCC ratings, but... Yeah. Um, if it was PG-13, they were allowed at least one fuck. They I think they one, used one. one F-bomb, did they? I think um, whenever she's about to go confront Will... She says, like, I'm going to fucking kill him or something. Like, mm, I right. think she did use one at one point. She, um... Or that fucking asshole or something. Yeah. I think Mrs. Bellows... Wait, did she say... Because she said, I'm going to go find Bryce. Did she say, I'm going to cut his fucking throat? No. Or am I adding that in? You're adding that in. Okay. It would have been cooler. It would have been. But... I kind of wish that they would have made one of the nine-year-olds use the only F-word that they were allowed in the movie. <laughs> that you know they wanted to. <laughs> my whole day. <laughs> It would have made that little kid's whole day, too. You mean I get to say the F word and get paid for it? <laughs> like, that kid would have been so excited. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing in there, Bryce? I'm hanging my fucking friend. <laughs> <laughs> He's fucking killing me. <laughs> uh, no, I would have been mad if they gave it to the annoying kid. Mm, yeah. Hey, Calisper, you need to settle down. I swear, I'm going to have to look up that kid because I swear I've seen him... In another movie, playing the exact same role oh, yeah. he, as the annoying neighbor kid. He always plays that. I mean, he does it well, so if you're going to typecast him for anything, I mean, he's there. Yeah. Yeah, no, overall, I think it was a pretty decent movie. No, nothing wrong with it. I um, just, you know, it's honestly, I will not remember much of 
anything about it in three weeks because it was pretty forgetful. <laughs> That's our dog crying. That's our dog, yes. Please yawning. ignore. Um, it's a pretty forgettable movie overall. It's good while you're watching it. Nothing wrong with it. You're not like Max said. You're not gonna feel like you're wasting your time. But um, in all honesty, it's you know it's not really anything new. So the actor who played Sam, who was the annoying kid, mm-hmm. his name is Dylan Gage. Dylan Gage. Um, and he. Calcifer, stop whining into the microphone, please. <laughs> um. He was in Stranger Things. He played a boy named Johnny. Um, oh, was, that no, no. Yeah, no. I think he was one of the douchebag kids that was attacking um, the kids that you're supposed to like in that show, and then L like was mean. To oh, him. yes, I think he so. was. Which I mean, basically the same kid. Yeah. He was also in Bobcat Goldthwaite's Misfits and Monsters. <laughs> Never saw it. Well, all right. I Although I'm going to add that to my list now. Didn't know that existed. <laughs> he's actually a cute little kid whenever he's not made to look like a creepy, annoying little kid. <laughs> look at him in his little bow tie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love him. <laughs> yeah, he did kind of like, they made him play it like a total douchebag. Um, but he did it well, so maybe he's a great actor. Or maybe he's a douchebag. <laughs> no. Um, alright. Um, I guess for next time, I'm going to pick. Okay. And we're going to watch, and I'm so sorry if I mispronounce this, La Llorona, The Weeping Woman. Um, it was a movie that came out this year, and actually none of the three of us have seen it yet, which is rare. So we are going to give that one a watch, and we will report back next week. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> That's all I had to say. That's it. I was going to add something corny to the end of that, but I guess I won't. The sign-off is just yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. yes.